Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa. Absolutely disgusting game here today, uh, but me and Charlie are here to break it down once again. It seems that so far in the season, we are not able to talk about any good games together, is it, eh? It's just a scheduled loss when it's the two of us hosting the show. So I think what we need to do is last minute um, make it the two of us, like halfway through the third period uh, at a later date, and then we can... We can trick the Sens into winning. Yeah, we got to do it like last minute. Just just decide all of a sudden. As when things are going well, then it's like, okay, now we're going to do the show together. It sucks too, because I feel like last year our record doing shows together was pretty good. I don't know if, if either of us have the stats saved, but I seem to remember it being pretty decent. Do you remember that? It was at least 500, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, which for last season's standards was pretty good. Um but yeah, first disastrous game of the season here today, and the big news, of course, was all about the cat today, because it was Spartacat's birthday, um, and there was no other interesting things happening relating to a cat whatsoever here tonight. Isn't that right? <laughs> no, not a thing. Um, put me on the spot. I was trying, trying to think of a joke, and I can't get there, so I'm just, <laughs> just going to let you keep going. Hey, at, at least we held him off the score sheet. It's like, if... If you just forget that this guy was on our team at all last season and just like ignore the booze today, he he didn't do too much. It was the rest of Detroit's players who were uh, totally owning us. His line mates, especially on the power play, Larkin and Prawn, were the real stories here tonight. So I'm just glad that's basically our only positive here tonight is that we didn't get completely shredded by Debrinket. We didn't get scored on by him. So that's that's all I can like take away uh, as a positive here tonight. I guess we haven't really had much of a chance here to talk about Dubrinkit on this show yet because we obviously don't do any shows during the offseason and we touched on it a little bit in our first episode of the season but I'll I'll start things off by asking you this if you were in the crowd tonight would you have been booing him probably um and I think that's more of a peer pressure thing like I think I don't know like I, I understand why people do it um my first experience with anything like that was I think I would have been like seven or eight years old and uh, i went to a sense islanders game and i couldn't understand why everyone was booing when this guy named yashin had the puck oh my god and just like so as a kid i was it was so confusing to me because i would have been like i maybe i don't know because like so like that was probably yeah like 2003 or so i would say i probably went to that to that game um and so obviously as a kid oh that's what that's oh shit okay uh boo Boo. So, um, like, I don't know what the uh, percentage of the crowd who went in planning on it versus like, oh, shit, okay, I guess we're doing this was. But, um, I mean, I probably would have. Uh, I don't think I would have, like, tried to, you know, rile up my section into doing it a whole bunch. But, um, yeah, no, like. Fuck yeah, him. you know, like, it's, it's, really, it's really... almost like it's almost like you don't want to give him that much attention, right? It's like booing him turns it into this huge thing. Whereas, yeah. like, if we didn't boo him, it's just kind of like, oh, we we forget about you, we don't even care about you, sort of thing. Whereas, uh, yeah. constantly booing him is more like we're really mad that you're gone, 
So it's I'm a little bit torn between that too because we we want to act like we don't care, especially because we still think that we have pretty good chances this season. But it, it, it's I don't I don't blame people for booing. I'll put it that way. Like uh, around when he was traded in the off season, I was. Uh, tweeting stuff like, oh, I don't really understand if you boo him because he just wanted to go home and I don't blame him for that. But uh, pretty much I flipped my my script as soon as he started just lighting it up for the Red Wings in the first in the first few games. Just yeah, they showed the graphic of it took him, uh, I think, 16 games to get to five goals last year. And he did it in uh, four games or whatever this year, something stupid like that. And that just puts into yeah. perspective that uh, uh, I'm mad at him now, basically, <laughs> even though I wasn't before. I wasn't mad at him when he wanted to leave before. No, I, it flipped for me when he was just kind of like, yeah, I didn't try that hard. Eh? Like, mm-hmm. it, it was just that moment where he, in that in that exit interview or whatever it was, where he was like, yeah, um, you know, hopefully I uh, I try harder on defense this year and, um, you know, don't give up on like half my scoring chances. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's, and, and you're exactly right. Like, you don't want to be like admitting that you're this mad at a guy who decided to like half-ass it for one year in Ottawa. Like, it's, you know, like booing Yashin versus booing Debrinket, two completely different scenarios, or booing Heatley or something, right? Like it's a, it's a completely different thing. Um, I feel like uh, us as as the Sens fan base, I feel like we're probably petty enough to just boo him for the rest of time while he's in the league. Yeah, it might. But be. like, I don't know. It's 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 a little bit silly, but also like no, like us as a fan base where we are allowed to be mad at someone who is a, you know, perennial 40 goal scorer who was like just too upset that he was in Canada and decided, fuck it. I'm just not going to try this year. Um, so no, I think, I think in that case, yeah, like it's, it's worth booing the guy, I think, but maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a decade from now, are we even going to remember he was on the Suns for a year. I hope not. not. I I hope that we just totally forget about it because I feel like if we do remember it 10 years from now, it's probably going to be in the case of like, oh, this guy is such an amazing player. Remember when uh, he didn't want to stay here? So I hope that we are able to uh, forget about him and move on from him pretty quickly, but it'll be tough with him in the division and on a big rival team now. This is shaping up to be a huge rivalry as the Red Wings were finally able to get one up on the Sens here. Uh, They beat us once last year, but other than that, we've kind of been dominating them for a while in the last couple seasons. And uh, I have to say, like, it was really spicy in that first period, especially with all the boos, even though, like, I don't know if I would have booed if I was there in person, but I kind of like that everyone was booing just because it made it more, like, intense and dramatic uh, watching on TV. And uh, the players were going at at Dabrinkit as well. Really, Greg smoked him. And uh, there was that argument between Kachuk and uh, Dabrinkit, I think, after everyone ganged up on Kachuk. I would pay so much money to know what they were saying in that argument. I I can't even believe. Can... Listen, there, there's, there's, we got, we, we got contacts now at, at SDPN. Can we, can we reach out to John Boy get some lip reading on that? Yeah. Please? Oh my God, I want. That oh so my bad. God, I, you're no, like you're absolutely right. I want to know so badly what was said, and like, and and it sucks between the two of them. It looked like Kachuk was the angry one, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Debrinket was kind of, he kind of had the smile on his face for a lot of. It. I mean, he got like, I mean, it was back and forth quite a bit, but majority of like. You know the the shit eating shit eating grin portion of that was on Debrinket's side. So I really I really want to know what what that was. I don't know. Yeah, like, like I'm sure that all of the Sens 
recognize that it's a business and I'm sure they all like respect to Brinkett's decision to to want to go home to Detroit but I do wonder uh th like that made me wonder right there if there was a bit of animosity that maybe we don't know about it's it could it could just be totally something like not that interesting and just be related to like something that happened on the ice or or it could be some yeah. beef from last season so it's I don't know it's fun to speculate about that how how reliable i don't even remember what the source was on that line but how reliable is that thing about the brinket being upset that kachuk was ahead of him in the lineup oh yeah I, I have no idea how how reliable that was i don't even remember who said it to be honest mm -hmm. um, i can't remember what the source of that was but that was reported at some point in the summer it, it would be it yeah. would be kind of funny if kachuk sort of had a chirp about like oh you you couldn't handle playing behind me over like I'm I'm better yeah, than you. You couldn't even know. you couldn't play ahead of me in the lineup, but that's, I don't know. Who knows? That's the only Who thing knows? I can think of. Yeah. Like, as far as like just between the two of them specifically, mm -hmm. as far as like any any sparks, uh, any like like you know being pissed off at each other, like I could see that, but I don't know. But also we have no idea. Maybe like half the team couldn't stand him. Who knows? Last season, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, I think Dubrincic was at Brady's wedding in the summer, if I remember correctly. I think he was like. It was he was because there was a table. Someone showed the the wedding tables for the reception, and there was a table that was like all the former senators that uh, that left the team in the summer. And so Dubrincic was there. So it can't be like too much animosity between them. But that's okay, why that's I was kind of that's why I was surprised by that moment. So it, that, I feel like there's a little bit of something, something going on there. Yeah, I had I had no idea that that was a thing. So that's fair too. But yeah, I have no mm -hmm. idea then. But yeah, that was one of the more interesting moments of the game for us as, as Sens fans um, in that first period, which was pretty much the only entertaining period for us, too. Um, just going to remind everyone that if you do have uh, any thoughts or questions to chime in in the chat, we will be going through chat comments and questions at the end of the show. Even if you're a Red Wings fan, uh, we don't mind some chirps as long as they're in good spirits. Um, even if it has nothing to do with what we're talking about at the current moment, leave your thoughts in the chat and we'll be looking at that later. But uh, Charlie, I guess we do eventually have to get into analyzing this game. And uh, where where the hell do we start? What do, what do you think? I just, like, do you want to? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do we want to start with the lack of offense or mm. the just brutal defense? I feel like the defense is the main thing here today because the lack of offense was like a bunch of missed chances and and just because we were still creating chances it was just failure to convert but the defense is what really killed us here today so do you want to get into that sure yeah yeah um i guess start with the fact no zoob so mm -hmm. uh dj decided to just mix up every pairing for some reason um, and didn't even stick with it. So uh, from uh, from the wonderful source that is natural stat trick, let me just let me just quickly go over uh, Thomas Shabbat's ice time uh, as far as his uh, his deep partners at five on five. Uh, oh my God! Oh so God, it's probably everyone. Everyone took a turn. Uh, it's nuts. Uh, let me just I just have to refresh the page because I had it open in like the middle of the third period. So oh yeah, get those updates. I just need to. Uh, sorry, you gotta have to you have to fill the air here. It's uh. <laughs> It's funny to me that I feel like every time DJ makes uh, major line switches, like before a game, it always ends up uh, going poorly. And then he ends up like switching back to what it used to be like halfway through the game, either that or just switching through every single like potential option. Like we've seen it with the forward lines before, especially last season 
uh, when Kachuk, Stutzla, and Giroux was the only line that was clicking. And then, of course, today is the opposite, where that line kind of sucked ass. <laughs> uh, so, but but we're mostly talking about the D here. So, like, Shabbat having yeah. to play with everyone, Branstrom having to play with everyone. Uh, yeah, so, so this is specifically five on five. This is five on five only. So you can't, so there's no, like, you know, maybe the D pairings are different on power play, PK, whatever. No, this is just five on five. 604 with Brandstrom, mm-hmm. 304 with JBD, a minute and that was the starting pairing. Like yeah. Shabbat and JBD was supposed to be the starting pairing. It only lasted three minutes of ice time. That's that's ridiculous. The, yeah, a minute 43 with Sanderson, 807 with Chikrin, and 22 seconds with Hamnick. That's just that's just a slow line change. But like, so Shabbat played at least three plus minutes with three different defenders on the team mm-hmm. there's no like and, and i mean they did go into the game saying like dj did say that like like the d pairings would be fluid like there'd be some changes going on but like dude is is dj buddy like is zoo being out all it takes for you to be like i don't know who plays with who now mm-hmm. like i i i had mentioned that i just don't want uh so on the show on on Wednesday, I mentioned with Zub being out, then we just know that Hamnick's going to be completely like Hamnick could be playing with Sanderson. Like we knew that was going to be the case, um, but it's it was worse than just that change. Like I love the fact that they had Chikrin on the right side with Brandstrom at least on the start of like on that lineup sheet where we thought he was going to be playing. Um, one thing I actually didn't notice when it was when because there's eight minutes of Chikrin and Shabbat. Uh, was Shabbat still playing on the right side for the most part? Five on five. With um, Chik- I, I thought it was I didn't even think to look for it. I thought it was Chikrin today. I I could be okay, wrong. I like though. that change though. Mm-hmm. In that case, I like that change. I I do think if that's you're sticking with that pairing, I want Chikrin on the right. But it's just like there was no consistency on defense. Well, I guess in any sense, but like specifically with with uh, with line mates on D, they're just moving around, and I I don't know. That just doesn't seem like. It could possibly be a good thing, no matter how you look at it. Um, mm-hmm. And just so many defensive breakdowns. Like, I understand, like maybe not, you know, trying your hardest when you're down, like by several goals. But at the very end of the game, there, I think it was Brandstrom and JBD was like just over a minute left, and the Red Wings had a two on zero. Like at no point in this game did the defense look good, and just even to the very end, just for a full sixty minutes of just rough, rough defending. I have to um, say, I have to admit, I didn't even see that 2-0 chance in the last minute of the game because I had already fucked off to go get the stream ready. <laughs> I was like, in the last five minutes, I was like, all right, I'm going to get some water. I'm going to go to the washroom. I'm going to get OBS set up. I was like, that's enough of this. I, I, watching like all 60 minutes of this game was like a little bit too much even for me because uh, it was just so depressing at the end there. But you're right that it was mostly just key defensive mistakes here too because... Like, I'm looking at the Corsi on Natural Stat Trick, and Brandstrom is the only person on the entire team with less than 50% Corsi. And his was pretty bad, so he stands out as having a rough game. But everyone else, like, we're good, except for those crucial mistakes where people are just uh, having missed assignments or just the, the horrible penalty kill tonight. Like, 
And we want to get into that too, like three goals on five power play attempts. And it was originally three for four. And even at that point, the one power play that they had killed off at that point was the one where Corpusalo had to make like four ridiculous saves. And at that moment in the game, I was feeling not, I was, wasn't feeling confident because we were starting to, to uh, lose momentum, but I was like, okay, Corpusalo is dialed in. He's going to bail us out here and then we're going to get some momentum going the other way. But it just didn't continue because even though he bailed out the team a little bit there, then uh, the defense just left them hung out to dry, uh, especially on the, the second goal, the Valeno goal. That that was just pathetic defending all around. I don't I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> how to talk about the PK. Um mm. It needs Zub, I guess. Like, holy it shit. It needs Zub. It really I needs Zub. I do think we need to preface with the fact that Detroit's power play is looking like the Oilers of last year at this point. Like, it's Yeah, I was not expecting that. Um, But, like, it's easy to score on the power play when the team that's defending doesn't know how to defend. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. you know... Uh, God, it was man, a mix a brutal... of it was a mix of is our penalty kill just that bad or is their power play just that good? Like I think their power play was the really answer good. Is yes, it is both right because they <laughs> yeah. they had some set plays like that Goss to spare goal that was right off the face off. They just they drew that up perfectly and executed it perfectly. But uh, yeah. the other penalty kills were also just so shambolic that it's oh it, it good fair play to them fair play to them they took they took advantage of our defensive mistakes uh their their power play looked lethal tonight is, is all i can really say and i wasn't expecting that so much from them i know they've been scoring a lot of goals at the start of the season here but uh that was that was embarrassing put to put fr- put it frankly really yeah um and i and i do have to say uh slightly tied to your question about booing um i am very happy with with the realization this week um i mean granted it is partially because we were from the start going to do this game together um but i have discovered that uh i am definitely not that good of a hater because between <laughs> like going to because i wanted to go to a game this week mm-hmm. um i was like i could go to the game to boo to bring it or go to the game on tuesday um just to enjoy seeing craig anderson again and uh i am at this point, very happy that I'm going to the game on Tuesday instead. Yes, so, um, you definitely you know, made like the right to, choice. I like to brand myself as the hater on this show, but I'm still not that <laughs> level of hater uh, when it comes to spending money on going to hockey games. So, God, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it sucks PK for the. It sucks for the fans in the building too because it seemed like a great atmosphere at the beginning of the game. The crowd was really yeah. into it and they were like all unified and booing to bring it pretty much. So that's the type of thing that can get the crowd going. And even when we were down by two or three goals, I felt like they were still into it. They were still chanting, which often you don't get out of our fan base. Usually when our team is down, uh, the chants just totally die out and there's like not much energy in the building. But I felt like the crowd energy was still there all day all day today like maybe just because it was such a chippy game too and and it's becoming a bit of a rivalry but so i'm at least i i hope that the vibes weren't too bad for for the fans in the crowd there i i I agree with you that i'm i'm so glad that i was not at that game and i i decided to go to the tampa one instead the last time i was at a sends wings game i think it was I think it was Andrew Hammond's first ever NHL game where he came in in relief. Oh, yeah, that was want, an ugly one. You know what? I think that's what it was. I think the Sens lost like six to one. Um, so oh. I think that game actually has scared me into going in any Sens Wings games. For some reason, I'm like really superstitious about like teams I've already seen kill the Sens in person, and I just like try yeah, to avoid... you get, or maybe you get it's just because memory. I want to see more different teams in person. I don't know, but 
yeah, I think I think that's the last time I went to a Sens Wings game. So I'm, I'm I am pretty pretty happy I skipped out on this one. This is a bit of an aside, but do you remember any details in that game? Do you like if I remember correctly, was it like four one for the Wings after the first, and Bobby Ryan scored the only goal? Was that's it that a really game? good? You know what? I'm gonna, let me look that up right now. Because look that because up right if now. it was if it was that game, I think I was there too. I think we we may have both been at that game. I could be totally wrong, and maybe it was a different game where we got clowned on by the Wings. Because uh, up until recently, that was happening for a while when when Detroit was still really good. But I I do have to say it is exciting, even though we obviously didn't like getting shit kicked today. It is exciting that this is going to be a pretty good rivalry. Like, could you imagine a playoff series between these two teams? Like, I, I'm here for that at this point. If both which, of these teams could somehow make the playoffs this year, that would be sick. Which, like, in our childhoods was impossible being in two different conferences. So this is the yeah. weirdest rivalry to come out of pretty much nowhere. It's came out of nowhere, long, There's sure. zero history between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a history entirely built on Debrinket and two blowouts last year. That's it. Yeah, so, it, it just sparked out wild. of nowhere. So it's, weird. It's like the Blue Jays-Texas Rangers Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, rivalry, you, you just have a couple of games weirdest. that pop off, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're you're rivals forever. It's funny how that works. Yeah. So, yeah, not not that like the Red Wings are not the team. Had you asked me at the beginning of last uh, beginning of last season if I were to pick a team in the division to like have a renewed rivalry with, it would have been Buffalo ten out of ten times. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So this is this is weird. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's interesting, but it's it's really weird. It's it's fun too to have a new rivalry because like our main ones being Toronto and Montreal for pretty much the last like almost a decade those teams have never been good at the same time like the only season we've had in pretty much the last 10 years where all those teams were good was 2017 where they all made the playoffs and even then that was just the beginning of Toronto becoming good and it was the uh beginning of the end for the Sens being good at that point so like yeah. those those fan bases are always uh huge into the rivalry and lots of chirping back and forth but it's it's rarely been that these teams are good together at the same time so i think it's going to be more fun rivalry games with detroit this year and uh, obviously toronto too and then hopefully the habs hopefully we can just continue to stomp them like we did last year so i have info on that sends wings game okay was uh, that right it was four nothing after the first but bobby ryan did score the only goal for the score okay we so dead on it was the right game, yeah. So I, I remember being at that one too. It, it sucked ass. Yeah. I remember remember that being like the worst first period I've ever seen. And then a few seasons Awful. later, uh, we went down 5 nothing to the Devils in a first period one game. And that was before the Devils were even good. So uh, just some rough memories. But uh, hopefully this oh, is a Le- good game. Leonard had to start in that one. Because that was 13-14. Yeah. Oh, that was so long ago. That's that's damn near a decade. Yeah. When did- Holy shit. I, I can't guess, believe I, guess I remember Anderson that. must have been hurt. I don't even remember the situation where because mm-hmm. that's the that's Hammond's only appearance that season. Yeah. Um, so I guess like Anderson might have missed a bit of time, and then mm-hmm. Hammond got called up and probably sat like rode the bench for like a couple weeks if Andy was out or something. But yeah, yeah, R- Leonard allowed uh, six goals on uh, fifteen shots. Uh, so yikes! Uh, for oh, those God. sense fans out there, uh, yes, Corpus Allo's stat line can be worse. Yeah, that's um, eerily similar to what Corpus Allo put up today. Which uh, yeah. do, do we want to get into that at all? Do we want to do we want to talk about his performance? I, I want I want to hear what you have to say about it because you asked me at the start of the uh, season after the first show if I liked that contract coming in, and I said no, and I'm starting to feel smart. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to hear what you have to say about this because I just I'm. 
I'm like, I have a strong opinion in the sense that I'm uncertain, if that makes sense. Okay. Are are you like curious if I will be on the same side? I want to know basically? if you're like absolutely with or against him at this point, if it's one or the other. Uh, I'm very scared. I think Forsberg is better than him. And I think that's not a super surprising uh circumstance like before the season mm -hmm. like even when we signed him to that contract i was like okay like i'm glad that he's on the team but with that contract like forsberg is could easily still be better than him so I, i'm on that side where i'm just his performance scares me like i mentioned earlier that penalty kill sequence where he had a few really good saves in a row but that was his only good moment tonight like uh the goal by god the goals by goss and perron goals one and three they're just kind of soft like it was the power play working it around pretty well for Detroit but those you want your goalie to have at least one of those right especially the Perron one the short side it was just kind of a leaky goal and I think he was getting ready to push off uh for the potential cross-ice pass to Debrinket but our defenseman kind of had that covered which is why Perron shot it and he just caught Corpusalo like completely losing his short side so I wasn't impressed with that one and then like Start of the third period, he just gets absolutely sniped on by Larkin again. And that's that's another one there where the right at the beginning of a period, you need your goalie to not just let in a deflating goal like that. Obviously, Larkin was was uh, wide open for pretty much... Uh, pretty much, yeah, it, no, he didn't score twice. I don't know I, I don't know why. I was about to say both of his goals. It was uh, Valeno that had two. But yeah, there was a few yeah. where the Detroit shooters were just wide open, but they are goals where you'd like to see your goalie save some of them and not just allow all of those high danger chances um so that's what i wasn't impressed with tonight and that valeno goal at the end that was eerily similar to the jacob slavin goal in the first game wasn't it kind of a really tight yeah. angle from a left-handed shot below the face-off circle uh it, maybe that's yeah. a bit of a weak point up over his shoulder there like i wasn't impressed with that one either so it's it's not corpus Allo's fault that we lost tonight because again the defense sucked Penalty kill sucked and we allowed goals at bad times, but he didn't make those saves other than that one penalty kill. And then the defense let him down immediately after that. And then we were losing and we were losing for the rest of the game. Other than that one penalty kill, he didn't really help out much tonight. No, I think I, I don't think you can put all the blame on him by any means. I mean, he allowed two even strength goals like mm -hmm. that feels that like I feel like that 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 feels like acceptable. Like that feels like an acceptable rate. Um the PK looked awful. Um, but at the same time, it it feels this feels his his performance in this game feels a lot like an elevated or like like more in both directions. It it feels a lot like his game against the Hurricanes to start the season, where he made a couple phenomenal saves and left in some softies in this game. He made way more really impressive saves, but then on a bunch of the goals, it looked like he, he was having a positioning issue, like mm -hmm. either biting too hard on on one move and then and then a pass happening, or like I don't remember whose goal it was, but um it was the goal where I believe it was on his left side, and he had the a bunch of space between his left shoulder and, and the net open. And as the shot happens, he's like, Oh, let me try and like scooch my way over here. Like leaning that way, just way too late. Like he's just left too much of the net open. Um, yeah. Uh, he stands on his head for five minutes and then can't make the easy saves. What mm -hmm. should be the easy saves anyway. Like, like the, like the Red Wings had what 
five high danger chances with five oh, power God. plays. Yeah, and is that five high danger chances for the whole game? Like, not just the yeah. power plays? Holy no, no, no. Shit. That's, that's 60 minutes. That's... Mm. And yeah. and five goals. So maybe the goals weren't all the high danger chances, but it's like 100% right. basically that they all... You, the amount of high yeah. danger chances you allowed is also the amount of goals that you allowed, even if some of them weren't high danger chances for the goals. That's just sad. Like, you yeah. definitely got to be better than that. And... I don't know. I, I do you have do you have anything else to add to Corpus Allo, or do I make a really depressing switch to uh, the offense? Um, I'll, I'll just say that he hasn't been horrible, but he needs to be better. I'll leave it at that. Fair, fair. Uh, and 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 for the record, on the whole, like bunch of power plays and everything, the ref the the, the refs were awful. Yeah, both ways. Both ways, for sure. Just truly terrible for both teams. One of the worst official games mm-hmm. I've seen. It was hard oh, for either the worst, team. The worst one this season, for sure. But, like, definitely. the worst I've seen in a while. Like, in a good long while. Mm-hmm. I think it was hard for either team to have consistent momentum, other than, like, Detroit just scoring on every fucking shot that they got. Um, yeah. Just because it was it was power plays and penalty kills just going back and forth constantly, and just, like, cheap calls both ways. Like, when they picked Ben Sherrod out of that scrum, I think, in the third period, like, what the, what the hell was that? Like, that was the most undeserving power play that the Sens got. And, of course, uh, the hit that Ridley Gregg had on Debrinket, even the Detroit commentators themselves were confused about how that was called a penalty. So... I think both fan bases can agree tonight that it, it was just a uh, crappy refing all around a little bit too much of impact uh, on the game. What are you thinking there, Charlie? I, ha- I, see I have a correction to make. Oh, mm-hmm. when I said that the Red Wings had five high danger chances. Yeah, that was just five on five. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how it, many did they have worse. on the power play? Yeah. One. Oh, they had six total. They went three for Holy. five on the power play, and they had one high danger chance. Yeah, uh, not at even strength. This is okay. One, we can't. We don't really have a way of determining. But out of the three power play goals, which one do you think was actually rated as a high danger chance? Oh, that that's is a tough such a one. good question. Because I feel like um, they were all just wide open shots that the guys just got to just shoot right on Corpus Allo uncontested. Yeah, um, would you call, oh, I don't know. Like, Perron's goal was the one that was, out of those three, was the one that was closest to the crease, so it could be that one, but I also feel like that was, like, the worst goal allowed by the goalie, so I don't know, that that one kind of feels to me like one that might not have been a high danger chance, and it was just like, maybe 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 Ghost, because he was right in the slot. Yeah, he was flying in from the point. He was wide open in the slot, so probably Gostisbehere's goal. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's so funny, though. You're like, oh, that was only the 5-on-5, but the total was only one more. It's only six. It's only six instead of five. (laughs) They had had six compared to Ottawa's 14. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess with that, do you want to shift to talking about the offense then? Yeah. um, So let me just double check on this real quick. So the Sens were one for... uh, Oh, my God. One for six on the power play for the Sens. Um, So the Sens in six power plays had four high danger chances, which still... Which is better than Detroit, but also just still bad. Still terrible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely awful. Um, 
I don't have, weirdly enough, I don't have as much negative to say about the power play as the PK because I just feel like I have a lot, after a really, really awful performance like this, I still have way more, way more faith in the power play than the PK. Like, I feel like after a game like this, I'm really scared about the defense, Um, Mm -hmm. the offense. I feel like they're going to bounce back. The Sens are going to have plenty of 6-5 games this season, um, which I think they have a good shot at winning. But yeah, like, so the Sens had 61% of the expected goals, which... Mm-hmm. as you would expect was a lot higher after the first two periods that third period was just just awful um but and, and the weird thing is like the shot count was what 38 to 37 to 23 i guess they took one away uh so 37 to 23 and like 14 high danger chances sounds like a lot to me but it didn't feel like like just watching the game it didn't feel like that at all like I feel like a lot of the ones that you'd think would be high danger chances were the shots that went wide, the shots that were blocked. I think um, so. So we I don't know what they're counting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they'd be counting for that. But like, I guess I guess a high danger chance doesn't necessarily have to hit the net. Um, so I would be shocked if more than five of those like connected with the goalie, let alone like anything else. So, um, and I know. Okay, this is terrible. I wrote this down. Da- I wrote this down. And it's gonna be all like rent free, sends fans, blah 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 blah. Oh no! But like I had this stupid quip I wrote down after the second period where it felt like everyone in the sends was Debrinket last season. Like yeah. just it, it, it really did. It really did, didn't it? Oh god, <laughs> that the finishing ability that we showed tonight was what Debrinket showed for the entire eighty-two games last season. So if we're ever, if any Red Wings fans watching, like. When we're salty about him not scoring goals last season, it's because he was playing how the Sens play today with just missing all those those great high danger chances. Uh, so even though he's doing great for Detroit, and and you guys will love him, it's uh, we we do have reason to be disappointed in, in the performance that he gave us. You're you're totally spot on with that. It was just so many missed chances and a lot of like a lot of scramble chances too where it felt like we yeah. should have been able to just poke the puck into the net on on a second or third try and it just never happened. Like. I feel like it was a little bit of puck luck tonight, but also just failure at, at finishing. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I don't know. It just <sighs> the shot count is a completely different uh, result. Like, like the shot count tells a completely different story from the game. Um, yeah, despite the sure. alleged uh, the, the alleged 14 high danger scoring chances it just felt like really weak perimeter shots like they it felt like the Sens went into this game against the Red Wings the same way they went into the game against Tampa where where it was just like I understood it against Tampa because it was their uh their backup who I think would probably be a third string goalie on pretty much anyone else's team um uh Johansson where it's just like, or no, no, it wasn't even. It was uh, Tompkins. It was the yeah. um, it was the guy playing his first NHL game. Uh, I yep. forget his name now. Uh, Tompkins. Tompkins. Yep. Just fire on net from every angle and hope for the best. You can't do that mm-hmm. against a, an NHL goalie, like you can't. For sure. And despite that, for I, I still, I'm so weirded out by that 14 high danger chances because I, it just feels so off. Um, because every shot felt like it was nothing. Like okay, so Huso made a couple of nice saves for sure. That's the prerequisite to being an NHL goalie. You have to do that, and a prerequisite to being an NHL offense. You have to get a couple decent chances in a game. Um, 
there was not like there was I I at no point like through the last half hour, maybe even 38 minutes of this game, did I feel like the Sens have had like a legitimate like oh like you know like uh, oh, yeah actually, I, I just a back. couple there, scrambles there was that last really. bit the, yeah the scramble towards the end where I think it was Cider blocked the shot on the mm-hmm. wide open net the, yeah uh, and then one. I was Detroit wrong. scored right but, after like, that was cringe you know, just oh like so I don't know I just thirty seven shots. I don't care. Like, yeah, exactly. You're right that it was just a lot of... It was quantity over quality. Like, like just like that Tampa game. And it was a strategy that worked in that game because you're testing a guy uh, who's like yeah. 30, 30 years old in his first ever NHL appearance. But against an established goalie like Huso, uh, it didn't work. And I think it just allowed him to get into the rhythm tonight. And uh, and he was solid. And whereas Corpusalo was getting no shots at all, and then he he looks like he's he's just cold all night, and then he gets sniped on. So it's tough. That kind of happened with, um, because he was Corpus Halloween for that Tampa game, right? Yes, yes. And they held Tampa to like hardly any shots through the first couple periods as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but then he just couldn't make. Those, yeah, he those had allowed players, two goals, I think, on the first like eight shots or something in that game. But after that, uh, he settled down, and those goals weren't his fault in that game. It's. Uh, right. Yeah. It's funny because I wanted to uh, bring up the stats that the Sens have been really good at shot suppression so far uh, this season, and we were still really good at it in terms of the numbers here today. But then we yeah. just got smoked anyway. So it's like, so it's like it doesn't even matter for anything. It's it's so tough. It's just what a weird game overall. Just everything about it sucked. Like you can't even point at one thing and be like, well, once this thing is fixed, then this would have been a fine game. Mm-hmm. The problem is, that, and, and granted, like I, I will also repeat. The, the refs were awful and both teams got more power plays than they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, like both, both teams got awful penalties called against them. Um, but you can't be like, Oh, well if the Sens, uh PK wasn't so terrible, it'd be fine. No, they scored one goal and had like the offense was terrible. Um, oh, well you fix the goaltending. I don't know if the goaltending needs to be fixed that much because the defense was a friggin' sieve all, all game, like everything about the game, and I keep getting pulled in by that 37 shots being like, no, no, think about it. There was something good. And there wasn't, there wasn't like everything about this was just absolutely brutal. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. And it, and like, other than Carolina, Detroit's probably like, as far as, you know, I think remove all context of previous seasons because it sounds silly when I'm like Detroit's probably the toughest team they face other than Carolina when they play Tampa. But just looking at this season and the small sample size, Detroit's been off to a great start other than Carolina, probably the toughest team that the Sens have played as far as like, like I said, just, just focus on these first two weeks of the season or whatever mm-hmm. we're at now. Um, yeah. So uh, that has me a little bit worried. You're you're 100 right. That pretty much just every aspect of the team was subpar tonight, uh, which is why I opened the show by calling it just our first disaster game of the season too. Because like yes. you said, it's not just one thing that went wrong that was like, okay, we'll fix this and then we'll be fine. It was it was a worrying game in terms of goaltending needed to be better, defense needed to be way better, and offense just didn't have the right strategies and finishing ability tonight. Like again, we put up yeah. all those shots, but it, it, we didn't look super threatening for the majority of the game. Like I. I actually think Detroit defended pretty well despite allowing 40 shots because, like you said, just throwing it on net from the perimeter. So uh, 
I am getting pretty tired of talking about this freaking game. Do you want to throw it to uh, to the chat comments now? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Let's do anything other than go over this game some more. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning of the chat, uh, David was talking about, I wonder if DJ Smith will find his inner Rick Tockett, who was uh, heavily criticizing his game or uh, his team's game after they got shut out by the Flyers. Um, I am definitely interested to see how DJ is going to respond here because his team just pretty much folded uh, in that second period and lost all the momentum like after that late goal by Detroit in the first period. And this was a problem, like this felt like a flashback to last season where we would run up the shot clock in the first period and uh, not come away with a big lead. We managed to kind of do that in um, in the second period in Washington where we were able to just... Uh, pull away in the last game but it was a huge trend last season that we weren't able to do so like i'm really interested to see dj's post game not that coach post games usually are that interesting because they usually just say like a bunch of fluff but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be tough getting this team ready for uh, a match against the sabers too because the sabers are are having a rough start and they're gonna be looking to uh get back in the win column as well we don't want to see this team fall to three and three so it's this is probably the first real test for dj eh? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm firmly in the camp of ice. I can't believe he still has a job uh, just between the fact that there was a good like string of four or five games last season where I thought for sure the dude was going to get canned. Me too. Um, yeah, he's got to be on a short leash this year, right? Like mm-hmm. he's got to like, and Lauer's probably like, I mean, obviously, I think I mean, the decision is up to to Pierre, but I wonder if Ann Lauer's like, what if we just, uh, hey, Steve, what if you just, uh, <laughs> What if Start Steve just, scratch here. just takes over? Exactly. Steve, Steve, Steve pulls a pulls a Kyle Dubas and his president and GM. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, that might be happening. But I'm hoping not. Like just for the sake of my favorite hockey team doing well. Like if that happens, then you know that the Sens aren't doing well, and the record's probably going to be sub 500 by that point. So just for my own uh, sanity and and fandom, I hope that doesn't end up being the case. But yeah, like DJ. Buddy, you got you got to work on the D, because I think I think I mentioned this after the Carolina game because I felt this way after the Carolina game as well, where it just felt like no one knew who they were covering. For sure, um, especially on the the first Valeno goal with like Stutzla and Chikrin arguing about the coverage. Like, oh, yeah, it's like either one of them could have picked up the guy, but the fact that neither of them did it was just shocking. Yeah, Stutzla just like loses the puck battle and goes, "Okay, well I'll watch now." Mm-hmm. Like, he just floated, which is a shame because he's he's usually so he's you honestly he's like pretty uh he's pretty solid defensively like he 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 takes those battles i mean usually he wins the puck battles but when he does when he doesn't he's usually skating at least mm-hmm. um and then chicken yeah i don't know like chicken has not impressed me defensively this year whatsoever um, yeah so rough night for both of them mm-hmm. yeah um Salty Wings and Abs fan in, in the chat said Shangdong Senators. And all I'm going to say about that is uh, if this keeps up, it might be a uh, time for DJ to learn Chinese. Get ready to learn Chinese there, buddy. Um, so so we have that a little bit of uh, chirps from the Red Wings fans in the chat. Thank you to Red Wings fans for tuning in, giving us a little bit of extra viewership here today, especially because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Sens fans are not interested in hearing more about this this shit game today. So at least we got some Wings fans oh, I, in in the chat yeah. uh, seeing us cope about this loss. I wouldn't be watching. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yeah. To, not to not to break down the the fourth wall and 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 not to be like I don't want to promote viewership, but I wouldn't be watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, full I totally, transparency. Totally not get that. Mm-hmm. And then Jonathan in the chat saying the Red Wings uh, under Blashill, they spent years playing only defense, and now it's finally clicking with some of their offensive-minded guys. Sen's got to help out their goalie. It, it's 100%. I was impressed with uh, with their offense here tonight, especially on that power play. I was not expecting their power play to be that good. Like, it's good personnel on that first unit, but I wasn't expecting it to just be so lethal. Like, after that first... Uh, or I guess after the second penalty kill, I guess the one where Corpus Allo made all those saves, I was just like, holy shit, it's going to be a rough night on the penalty kill if we t- keep taking the, the penalties, and, and they just smoked us every time. So full credit to the Red Wings for managing to inject some offense into their game this season. It's uh, it's really good. Like I, I wasn't expecting much from the Wings heading into this season because I didn't like a lot of their offseason moves, especially those signings on defense, but they're scoring goals. They're scoring more goals than I thought they would so far this season. Uh, pretty good offensive depth, so we do have to give a bit of credit to them for sure. I, I mean, maybe chocolate's up to me, like just not paying enough attention throughout the league in the offseason. But I had no idea that uh, Alex Tange was an assistant coach in Detroit. Me neither. And yeah. I wonder how much him being the guy in charge of the power play has affected the way they're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder when he took over uh, as the power play coach. I wonder if that's recent or if yeah. or if he's been there for a few seasons. That's uh. That's an interesting one because he was a very skilled player back in the day. I would have to like go back and look at all his stats, but I'm sure he was he was a guy who was always on on the first power play units wherever he was playing, right? Yeah, this would be. I mean, okay, this is embarrassing. I said that out loud. Now this is his third season. As okay, the okay. Coach but hey, it's working. So. He's had a couple of years to uh, to get acclimated with the players, and now it's clicking. Yeah. You know, I'm. I I should know about the assistant coaches especially on divisional teams but i just don't oh man i don't know i wouldn't know either like the only uh, even in our division i think other than tangay because they made a point of showing him on the broadcast today i think in the rest of the division the only assistant coach i could probably name is guy boucher on the leafs and that's only because he was a former Sens coach right like i don't think i know any other assistant coaches uh like specifically uh, in the division, I'm like, there's names that I know, but assistant coaches bounce around so much that it's hard to uh, keep track of where they are every season. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give I'll give myself a pass on that. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> give yourself a little bit of credit. No. Um, yeah, silicone in the chat also saying Shabbat and Chikrin as a pairing uh, are not it. I'm kind of starting to agree with that. We talked about that a little bit earlier. You weren't impressed with uh, Chikrin's defensive game. I thought Shabbat was okay tonight, but of course, just yeah. no no one was really good on defense. It kind of felt like each goal against had at least one of our defensemen like making a horrible mistake. So pretty much everyone was to blame tonight. But yeah, it's it's tough because typically you have Sanderson and Zub, and that pairing was so good. I feel like when Zub is back, you can't break that up. But Right. What, then what are your other options other than having uh, Shabbat and Chikrin both playing with like a lesser defenseman who you don't want to play that many minutes, right? Like then one of them has to play with Hamannick and one of them has to play with Branstrom. And uh, so like what if you were to switch it up, what would you do? It's tough because you're absolutely right. Sanderson and Zub, they're so good together. I love that pairing. They are so, so good together. But the problem is, is that they're also the two best like the most responsible defensively so mm, i don't know i don't know the only change i think the only thing i, I would probably keep branstrom hamnick together 
And if I was if if you have to split up Shabbat and Chicken, I'd keep Branch from uh Hamonic together and probably just try and go back to uh Shabbat and Zub and then just try Chicken on the right side of Sanderson. Yeah. Um, I feel like Sanderson is playing so good right now that he can play with anyone, so Chikrin, while not having the best defensive start, but obviously a good start offensively, I feel like that's a good idea. It could be interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I I probably would have liked this idea a bit more earlier on in the season until I saw that like Sanderson just worked on a fucking cannon in the summer. Mm-hmm. Is his shot? Like, I mean, Grant, maybe maybe I understand if he just wasn't taking as many shots last season, just like out of like I'm a rookie, I'm just gonna pass. But like. Dude shot is phenomenal, so I don't know if you then you're like, oh, we should split up the two best like defensive shots on the team with him and Chikrin. Um, because like for all the defensive um issues Chikrin's had this season, the dude's got a cannon like no one on the Sens blue line since probably Carlson, probably even honestly, probably maybe even a better shot than Carlson. Um, in terms of power, probably, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, purely in like the sense of power. Um, so I don't know. I don't want to like Sanderson's Zub is so good, but I don't want to split them up because they're both like they're so good, but they're both like probably the best defensively. So then it's like, all right, we well, split them up, but then I don't know. There's no I know I'm irrationally upset by this game because it feels <laughs> like there's no correct answer on a defense that's filled with a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. So I think I think to give you an actual answer that isn't stupid, I'm gonna have to sleep on it. But I think yeah. short answer is I'd probably just try Shabbat Zub again and just try Chikrin on the right side of Sanderson. I'm sure Shabbat and Zub can rekindle that chemistry that they had when Zub first joined the team. Like back when that was yeah. our only, back when the two of them were our only playable defenseman whatsoever. Yeah. And, uh, and San, like I said earlier, Sanderson is playing so well that he can, he can play well with anyone. Uh, although hopefully we don't have him uh, needing to drag around Hamannick any longer. Hopefully that was just for one game here today as, uh, as hopefully Zub will be back soon. Um, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Sanderson's shot as well, because when things were going well in the first period of this game, that was one of the main things I wanted to talk about was that he already has three goals this season. And I think he only had three all of last year. Maybe it was four, but I think it was three, right? Four, I want to say. Four? Okay. Anyway, he's already almost at his goal total from last year. And you can tell, I could tell right away from the home opener when he scored that first goal that he worked on his shot this summer. I'm really impressed with Sanderson just hammering the puck because we didn't really see that element of his game last season. And it was kind of the one weakness I would say that he had last year. Um, and especially like all the, all the stat watchers and people who aren't Sens fans, they would, when he signed that contract extension, they would just look at his stats and be like, Oh, he only had four goals. Why are you giving him 8 million? Uh, he's going to score at least 10 goals this season. I'm sure. He's going to be a 15 goal defenseman before Mm -hmm. long, I think. Um, and yeah, not even just the slaps, like his, his, that wrist shot on against the caps for the sixth goal of the game. That was beautiful. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. He's got an incredible shot. Um, and I'm going to be uh, all the wings fans that are watching are going to be like, oh, my God, this guy's so salty about every team. But <laughs> just like you said about that, like everyone dunking on the Sanderson extension and everyone was praising the Owen Power extension. Yep. Yep. So stupid. Like both contracts are good, but people people have a bias, I think. The, the contracts are within a decimal point of each other. Mm-hmm. The point totals were very similar within just a few points difference of the two of them. Um, I don't know. One just seemed to get more love than the other one. And I think it's maybe because I don't know how many goals Owen Power scored last year off the top of my head. Not really many more. For sure. 
Not, but, not by not many, like, though. Like, I'm going to check. It's not like he came into the league and scored 15 goals as a defenseman or something. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he also yeah. had four goals. Power also only had four goals. Did he really? Yeah. So, no, you didn't see anyone being like, lol, they signed a... a a four goal defenseman to eight mil. It, it's it's the first overall pick bias is what it is. If Sanderson was a first overall pick, everyone would be like, yeah, hype him up, you know. But it yeah. it is what it, it feels is. like outside of Ottawa, Jamie Drysdale still gets more hype, than which Sanderson. is ridiculous. Like he is good, but he missed an entire season, so he's got to like build that reputation back up, right? So, so that's see. funny. Anyway, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm upset about things, and I forget where we're at. Let's continue. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll do a couple more uh, chat shoutouts. We we still had even sure. more Red Wings fan comments. Uh, skeptical football fan was asking uh, if we underestimated the Red Wings power play before the game, and we definitely talked about that. But but for sure, just just wanted to acknowledge this question. We definitely did underestimate it. Me especially, I feel like I I was not expecting them to light us up that easily it was just it was just automatic on the power play yeah and after the first couple i was just expecting them to score every single time so we, we it almost felt like we were lucky that they didn't go 100 percent on the power play yeah i don't think it's sustainable by any means like i think it's got to come back down to earth at some point like i don't think the red wings are gonna have a top five power play in the league this year i might live to regret that quote and have it sent to me on twitter in may when the mm-hmm. red wings are in the playoffs and the Sens aren't or something but like yeah, no. Um it's it's crazy hot right now. It's it's red hot. Mm-hmm. And and also Wody in the chat saying shitty shots and hits that are not impactful don't win games. That's 100% correct. We we had the physical play here today, but it didn't really help us and just a, a lot of shots from the perimeter like we said. So the you're correct. I, I these are definitely like chirps at us, but we agree with you on on these things. So it's uh yeah. it's a fair assessment. And uh, JJ McCarthy in the chat getting a, getting a little salty, saying that Stutzel had ten dives this game. Uh, you're you're literally just imagining that, like he fell over a few times, but like he he's really in your head, he's rent free in your head. If you come away from this game as a Red Wings fan being angry about Stutzla, like that, that doesn't even make any fucking sense. Like what is going through your mind? Like like chill. Your team just had an awesome win, and we've given them props here tonight. Is like calm down about Stutzla, okay? It's it's not that deep. Yeah, uh, same dude also said Brady doing Brady things going pointless. <laughs> it's okay if you've never watched a Sens game in your life, um, mm-hmm. but like admit to it. You know what I mean? Like it's okay yep. if you have no idea what you're talking about. It's fine. Like I didn't watch very, very many Red Wings games, but I I watched all the Red Wings Sens games, so I think I saw like two and a half Red Wings goals last season. So. You know, it's fine if you don't know what you're talking about. Just admit to it. That's okay. Yeah, it's like you can definitely chirp Brady for having a rough game here today. I didn't think he was very good. He didn't have it. Obviously, didn't have an impact on the score sheet, but he is off to a good start this season. He has four goals. So, um, and he, last season he had more points than the entire Red Wings roster. So it's like nice chirp. He's still better than your whole team uh, as of now. Like yeah. Debrink is having the hot start, but we'll we'll see where they end up at the, at the end of the season. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to. Uh, compare the star players between these two teams because Detroit fans are uh, are getting a little hyped up after this game for sure. Yeah. Enjoyed to bring it who was basically handed to you. Mm-hmm. And uh newbie the sports. The first good move by Eiserman in Oh yeah. Months. <laughs> Eiserman's one good move in the last two years. Uh yeah. newbie sports saying Greg was our best player today, uh and asking if we had any oh other my standouts. God. Yeah. He was the he was I like forgot, the only I good player. To bring that up. 
Yeah, we weren't even being positive at all. And I, I completely <laughs> forgot I wanted to say that really Greg was the only guy with a really good game. Mm-hmm. Take it, take the goal away. Still phenomenal game. For exactly. Him. Even before the goal, he was awesome tonight. Just yeah. bringing the bringing I'm the so physical play. He he was getting under the Red Wings skin and ended up getting getting that nice breakaway goal. It was a little bit lucky, but uh, we take those. We take those. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, other than him, it was basically Greg and Sanderson. Uh, that's it. That, those were the only standouts. Yeah. Pretty much everyone else was average or bad other than that. So that that 2020 first round is going to go down as like the height of an Ottawa Senators draft, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when it's all said and done, Greg would probably be considered a top 15 pick. So um, just if he continues the way he is, like, I can't believe how good he is already. Mm-hmm. Um, like what he's under 20 games into his career. I'm blown away by the guy. He's he's incredible um, for what he is. Like, if if he like, even if he's stuck behind Stutzland Norris forever, like that's going like if 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 the Sens can hold on to to Greg as well. I mean, it's going to be tough to hold on to like deeper parts of the core with how long everyone else is locked up. Mm-hmm. You can get into the playoffs with this with the center depth of, I mean, Pinto, but like yeah, who also, knows with that? Yeah. Like I mean, maybe center depth is isn't that. Maybe maybe Greg is ends up being a winger. I don't know, but like either way, center depth in Ottawa is phenomenal. Um, so happy with that. And uh, also, newbie in the chat pointing out that they were completely wrong in saying that Kachuk was pointless too because he did assist on the first goal, which I also forgot. Um, so for as much as they're hyping up Alex Dabrinka, he had no points in this game. Kachuk at least had one, and then and then Matt in the chat getting angry that I said that Brady is better than than uh, the whole Red Wings team. I mean, based off last season, the numbers the numbers literally don't lie. Like you can go look. All I said was that he had more points than your whole team, which is just true. You can disagree if you think like, oh, Larkin is a more is a more impact player or something like that you can make arguments but what i said was that he had more points than your whole team and it's true you can't argue with that i'll say it he's better than anyone on the red wings i mean i will say it too but you know <laughs> trying to trying to be a little bit courteous but uh yeah like listen like listen you can talk shit all you like red wings fans the the red wings absolutely killed ottawa and we even said before mm-hmm. and it's not it's not because ottawa played like shit it's because the red wings played really well and ottawa played like shit yeah so in this in this one game yeah absolutely have to hand it to detroit it doesn't mean the team's better in the grand scheme of things i still mm-hmm. think ottawa is going to finish with 15 points more than the wings but like you know who knows? i do think i do think it'll be a lot closer than i thought it was going to be at the at the start of the season like i was just kind of discounting detroit and they definitely showed me that they do have a lot more talent than i thought they did this this game so I think it's yeah. going to be a really fun rivalry to to watch for the rest of the season. Then, and I think we'll leave it there, eh? Unless unless you have anything else to uh, to comment on. Um, trying to like think of something to stir up some shit. Like, you know, <laughs> just about, one more one more hot take before it. we go. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I, you know what? Let's talk about this weird rivalry real quick before we before we sign off. Sure. I sure. I think it's an interesting start to a rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think it's like incredibly um like it is it, it doesn't feel organic um if that makes sense this rivalry like because like i feel like you know you can get like like the sends habs uh two playoff series in three years that was heated for a while um and obviously i mean rivalries fizzled out when both teams suck for a long time um like i can't wait for the sends and leafs to both be good 
because that hasn't been the case since the early 2000s and I'm desperate to be able to like talk shit about the Leafs because that just wasn't possible in my childhood yeah um but like it's a weird it's a really weird rivalry where like I don't know where it really started because I've seen it online where like Red Wings fans are like we don't even think about Ottawa like you're not even in our I was seeing so many posts of the of Red Wings fans just shitting on the Sens for no reason. Like it was getting really rowdy on Twitter, and and they're and like you said, they're constantly saying like, "Oh, we don't even think about you." But then I was just seeing constant posts, not even replying to any Sens fans or anything, just Detroit Red Wings fans posting weird shit, and then people quote tweeting and dunking on them. Like that one guy lifting weights. Did you see that? I saw. Yeah, you see the guy who apparently bought a Sens jersey just to step on it. That was so funny too because it was the old jersey, so he got got that one for cheap. And we also none of us like that logo, so you can step on that logo for for uh, all uh, all I care. I don't care. Like, go yeah, ahead. Like, dunk on me for being poor all you want. That's a stupid fucking idea. I'm not yeah. spending money on a jersey that I'm not gonna want to wear. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? It's weirdo behavior. But I, I mean, this sort of thing it, it creates uh, it creates intensity. And um, we saw the intensity on the ice there. So there's a little bit of a rivalry with the players, too. They're feeling it as well. Oh, for obviously, sure. Obviously, that shouting match with Kachuk and Dabrinkit. So uh, it's going to be a really fun rivalry moving forward. And I'm excited that that both teams are off to pretty good starts this season. Uh, that hopefully we get some more intense games that are meaningful between these two teams later in the season. Yeah, I think I think this division is in for a lot of uh, a lot of games where there's playoff implications because mm-hmm. this division officially, I think at this point we can officially say six teams, I don't know how many, eight, eight teams, seven teams out of this division have genuine playoff hopes. I think so. Mm-hmm. Which is so scary. It's it's it's, it's so going to be rough. That's why I, I've been predicting there to be five Atlantic teams making the playoffs, but it, like you said, seven teams who all easily could do it. So it's going to be a crazy year. The the difference between third and seventh place could be like ten points, and no one would be that that surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe even less. It's gonna be oh my god, we are gonna have the toughest time in like March and April leading up to the end of the season. If yep. if if the, if as many teams are in it as we were as we're expecting, it's gonna be so stressful. We're gonna be scoreboard watching in fucking April. For sure, we like, might we might be even well, scoreboard April, watching sorry, sooner. It's, it's yeah. gonna be mid March, and we're gonna be keeping an eye on like out of town games. Like it's mm-hmm. gonna, oh my god, oh yep. this division's so stupid. Last year, I was scoreboard watching a little bit, uh, just kind of as hopium, where it was like, okay, a little bit. Uh, if we could, if we could win the next four games, then we'll get really close. But so hopefully, it will be a little bit more meaningful scoreboard watching this time, where all these teams in the division are going to be battling it out. I think Ottawa and Detroit are probably going to be both right there for that wildcard spot. I got to give uh, Detroit a lot more credit after this than I was giving them in the preseason. I'd be shocked if, if, if Detroit ends up being what everyone thinks Buffalo is supposed to be. Because, like, call me, like, you know, a biased sense fan all you want. I had Buffalo third in the division in my predictions. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm looking stupid right now. So, who knows? We'll see how yeah, it all and, goes. Yeah, and... But... Buffalo's up yeah. next for the Sens, so that's going to be a really interesting one too. To see if the Sabers, if they lose, they're going to be one and four to start the season, which is pretty horrible. Uh, but then if they beat us, then the Sens will have fallen down to five hundred, which then becomes yeah. a little bit of a DJ Smith watch uh, if we if we end up going further below five hundred after that. So big game coming up. 
It's gonna it's gonna yeah, be. A, you want to do a little? A you want to tee up a little little preview for that one since you're uh, you're on the show for for Tuesday? Yeah, I don't have too much of a preview yet. I I might be having uh, my co-host from Extra Attackers podcast on Jordan. He might be joining me. I'm not sure yet. Um, but we're gonna have Craig Anderson dropping the puck before the game, which is awesome. So maybe we'll get to reminisce on some Craig Anderson memories that night too. And uh, hopefully, looking forward to a better performance from the Sens. Really. Yeah, I'll be I'll be in the chat. Uh not my i won't i won't be driving yeah you'll be my in buddy, the parking my lot. buddy's driving us to the game i'll be in the passenger seat in the chat on the way back mm-hmm. on that from that game so uh should be a good time mm-hmm. yep looking forward to that so yeah that will be our next broadcast i'll be bringing you that game on tuesday night it's an early puck drop 6 45 p.m for some reason uh so everybody uh be ready for that I, yeah what's that i think i think i think that's the game where there's a bunch of games starting 15 minutes uh, oh, they, did they actually? They put a gap in I th- between. I think every that's game? the day where there's like, yeah, where like they every 15 minutes the game starts. So ideally, during any intermission, there's another game to watch. That's so cool. That's cool. Hopefully, All it right. works out because uh, there's been some really, really bad scheduling. Like six games start at 7 p.m. on the fucking dot. Yeah, and then that was until brutal 10 p.m. Like mm-hmm. awful. Yeah, NHL, NHL scheduling is weird, but maybe it will be kind of decent on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, looking forward to hopefully a Sens win. Hopefully I can I can sound the uh, the Sens jingle once again. Would be nice. Mm-hmm. So that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you everyone for watching. Subscribe to SDPN if you aren't already. Leave a like on the video. And uh, yeah, thank you for watching or listening. Have a good night, everyone. Game!